Hi, I'm Annette Rue, and this is Ruminate on That. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me again today. The focus of today's episode is on the lighter side, but actually still holds some pretty weighty ideas for you to think about. I have compiled this kind of random list of things that I have been observing about relationships over the years. Listen, I'm not a relationship expert by any means. This list is essentially a compilation of years of things, years of conversations that I have repeatedly had with people. And I think that some of these things could be really useful to you. There are lessons that we can all benefit from. And you're just hearing my version of some of these concepts. And please forgive in advance a little bit of sarcasm that is certainly going to come through and be scattered throughout this conversation. Honestly, it's for the sake of humor. Sometimes a light approach to things that can be deeply personal can make it a little easier to process. And the reality is that I think we all know it's not always easy to be completely honest with ourselves, especially when it comes to relationships. For some reason, It's so easy to see what's wrong with everyone else and forget to check the mirror. So hang on, it might get a little bumpy, but we'll have some fun as well. Let's start on the list. Relationship fail, number one. Grown-up friendship fails. Here's the thing. This is addressing those of us who are post high school in college at a minimum, right? If you're still in high school and you're listening, first of all, thanks. Great to have you. Some of these other fails are going to be helpful to you. This particular one is addressing those of us who are adults and are now navigating grown-up adult friendship. For some reason, post-high school or college friendships are usually this unspoken standard that we compare friendship to for the rest of our life. It seems to be that no one can measure up to those college friendships. That connection is just really special and really unique. And so many people I know throughout their adult life struggle to make deep friendships. And they're always going back and comparing to their friends in college. Do you know why that is? During the season when you are in, especially in college, but even post high school, just exploring adult life, you're sharing the exact same season. You have virtually everything in common. There's newfound independence. You're pursuing what you want to do with your life or trying to figure it out. You're looking for love in a lot of cases. All of these different things that are going on, all of these different elements you have in common. And if you're attending the same campus, you literally share a community. You share living space. Like everything is so similar. And honestly, it's unrealistic for the rest of adulthood. Enjoy the season while it lasts. It's genuinely one of my favorite things to look back on. There are so many great memories. But if you're not careful, you compare your future friendships to those. During that season when everything was lined up, everything was in sync, and it's just not fair. Because the reality is, after college is over and you venture off into your adult life, everybody runs in a different direction. You're running at a different pace. You have different priorities. You're in different seasons. And you can be the exact same age, but in a totally different place in life. Many of you listening are thinking of that right now. If you're married or single, 
completely different experience. If you have children, changes it up again. If you are very career focused versus very family focused, your thinking, your patterns, your rhythm of life is just very different. And you can be the exact same age as someone else. If you love to travel, if you're not home a lot, if you're mobile and transient, like that's going to make a big difference. Maybe you're pursuing education. I am in my 40s and it was 25 years ago that I got my college degree, started my college career, and I'm here I am again pursuing a master's degree. So you can have age in common with people and be on a totally different plane. For some reason, it seems that men commonly struggle, especially with this. They're college friendships. They have great stories. They reminisce all the time about the good old days. My husband was in a band, and so there's all kinds of memories wrapped up in that time. And it's just so hard as an adult to not compare, like, wow, we were so close at that time. And it seemed so easy. Everyone seemed really invested. It seemed reciprocal all the time. But here's the reality. Making new friends is not easy at any age. I know it seems so hard when you're a kid, but as an adult, it is not easy. Even if you're an extroverted, outgoing person, building a relationship with someone takes a lot of investment. It's just best for you to stop comparing adult friendships to your college and post-high school experiences. And here's the thing. If you would invest all of those hours and hours and all the energy that you did back then, you would have amazing friendships now too. The reality is most of us don't have the time to invest or we just aren't willing to give that much to a relationship. Relationship fail number two, mind reading. It's amazing to me in all the conversations that I've had with people over the years, whether it's in regard to friendship or dating relationships or marriage, that even though we know no one can read minds except God, we still expect people to do it. And we end up punishing people for not being able to read our mind. A couple of simple examples, if you think you're exempt from this, is you should have known that that would bother me. How I can't believe that you did that. You should have known that that would bother me. Or another instance of, can't you tell that I'm alone over here? Like I'm in a room and there's all these people. Why don't you reach out? Why didn't you walk out, walk over to me and talk to me and start a conversation? I can't believe that people wouldn't read that and know that they should do it. We often get offended because someone is not reading what's going on in our mind and our emotions. Who knows what's even on our face? But we have this expectation that people should know and respond accordingly, even without us saying anything. The funny thing is, is we fail at reading other people's minds all the time. She didn't reply to my text message for an entire day. She, she's mad at me. That's automatically our assumption. Rather than realizing, oh, maybe she forgot her phone at home, or maybe it died in the middle of the day because she didn't charge it, we often assume the worst. We attempt to read someone's mind. We look at a circumstance and we make judgments about what they were thinking, what they're feeling, their, their, what their opinion is of me. And we attempt to read the situation and we fail at it every time. He invited me, but I think he felt obligated to do it because I walked up when they were talking about it. And I think he didn't have a choice. We don't know that. There's no way to know that. And we make all of these assumptions. Mind reading, relationship fail every time. 
It doesn't matter how long you've known someone. My parents were married for decades, and I remember my mom saying to me, don't ever assume that you know what he's thinking. You still need to ask. Another relationship fail. This one is going to get a little sensitive. Christian oversharing. Okay, so this is the followers who are listening. All right. Oversharing is something that I've coached a lot, especially in the last five years of ministry. And it happens a lot in dating, but it can still happen in friendship as well. The first way that we overshare as Christians is through what is called accountability. Okay, and I need to make a little bit of a disclaimer here. I think that accountability, as it's referred to in Christian circles, basically to define it for those of you who might not be familiar, accountability is where you have a friendship with someone, a relationship with them, and you trust them, and they're going to help hold you accountable to something you've committed to do. So if you are trying to grow in a certain area of your life, if you're trying to avoid a certain temptation that's really been a struggle for you, there are often times where you invite someone into a relationship and you say, I need you to help hold me accountable. Ask me about it regularly. Check in on me if you would, right? I think it's an amazing principle. It can definitely work. It has many benefits. So please don't email me about that. However, I just think that we sometimes overdo it. One of the examples of that is that I've met young people, especially who have such a strong desire to do a relationship in a healthy way that would honor God. And I admire that so much. And as a result, they have like 14 people that are keeping them accountable. (laughs) And as a result of that, every single move they make in a relationship, they have to bring up 14 people up to speed on every detail. That is just excessive. I've even seen that happen with people. They're just thinking about dating or thinking about asking someone out. They're not even actually there yet. And they have to go and give a report. Obviously, I'm exaggerating a little bit. To give a report to multiple people and keep them all in the loop. And then, God forbid, if they don't all agree on a course of action, this poor person who just wants accountability is now stuck because their 14 mentors and people holding them accountable don't agree. To me, this is a form of oversharing. It's just not necessary. I admire the heart behind it, absolutely. And accountability with someone who is older and wiser is so smart. Honestly, it's a great idea. And you got to find someone who you're willing to be honest with, and they will be honest with you. But you don't need to do that also with your best friend. It doesn't also need to be with your mom. It doesn't also need to be with your pastor. It doesn't also need to be with your roommate. It doesn't all, you get the idea. There are a lot of people in your life that care about you and are invested and want to see you have a healthy, successful relationship. That's fantastic. Share the good news with them when there's progress, but you don't have to get into every detail with every one of those people. That's a form of oversharing. It can be exhausting. It can get so confusing. And ultimately, what you have to know is that the Holy Spirit is leading you. And if you find one or two trusted people in your life that can be available to you to help you navigate the difficulties that can happen in relationships, God is going to show up and he's going to give you wisdom to do it. The second way we overshare, this is a big fail, guys. 
is divulging every deep, dark, and intense secret on date number two. I've seen this happen. One of the things that I love about the body of Christ is this desire, the goal to be honest, to be transparent, to be real, to be authentic and vulnerable. I admire it. It's something I aspire to. However, we don't have to be 100% transparent with every historical moment of our lives with the person we are dating right from the beginning. I definitely might get emails about this, but here's the thing. If you have accountability in your life, you already have one or two of those people that love God and are helping hold you accountable in some of those areas. When you first begin to date, my opinion is that the objective is to get to know each other, to see if your personalities are compatible, to see if there's chemistry, to see if you share common interests and future dreams. There's all kinds of fun things to explore early in a relationship. It just isn't necessary to go into the deep end right off the bat. Give yourself some time to grow into the relationship. Because you might share some really intense things from your past, some really heavy stuff. Honestly, it can scare the person away. That's definitely possible. If it does, you shouldn't be sorry. Now you know they can't handle it. However, if things don't go well, you've just divulged a whole lot of personal information to someone who's going to walk away and you don't know what they're going to do with it because you didn't have enough time to know if they were trustworthy or not. It takes some time to get to know a person and to determine whether they're willing to reciprocate in that kind of vulnerability, whether they can be trusted, if it's going to be a long-term relationship or not. You can't really tell that from the beginning. Please use caution. Keep your accountability with those people you have an established relationship with that you trust and they've got your back. You'll know as the relationship progresses and it starts to get deeper and more serious, then it becomes time to talk about some of those deeper issues. Take it in stages. The next relationship fail is all about friendship. We're missing out because we restrict ourselves to certain types of people. I echo back to that unrealistic college crew standard, right? You were drawn to certain people because of certain interests and pursuits, and that makes sense. It's great. It's your tribe. You understand each other. But there are incredible benefits as you become an adult and you're growing through life of seeking out people in different phases, in different seasons of life, having different experiences and different backgrounds. You can learn so much. The ideal is that you are also growing. You're pursuing uh, knowing who you are in a greater way. You're not a one-dimensional person. There are all kinds of facets that you're growing in and through your adult life. Hopefully you're getting to know God better. And bringing other people into your circle that are different than you, even believe differently than you, think differently than you, can have so many benefits. For example, there's a massive benefit of becoming friends with people that are older than you anywhere from two years to 20 years, I have had some amazing friends and I've learned so much from them because they're farther down this road of life than I am. Some of them, their experiences might be mine in the future and they can give incredible wisdom about things that I haven't yet walked through. There's also an amazing benefit of being friends with people younger than you. Again, two years to 20 years. 
not only can you serve as that voice of advice and comfort and reassurance for them, but there's something really fun about being with people that are younger, that bring a younger energy. They share a lot of things about culture and about the world around you because they experience it in a different way than you do. And there are insights and things that they share with you. I'm often challenged by people that are younger than me. And I love that. I love that they ask questions and they say, but why isn't it this way? And we can learn so much from each other as well as just having a lot of fun. Another massive thing that we miss out on is not seeking out people from different cultures, different backgrounds. There are so many things in this big, beautiful world that God has created I love the diversity of this family of God and God was intentional in his design. And if we don't take the time and and the focused effort to reach out and to make ourselves available and to introduce ourselves to people in different cultures, different backgrounds, different experiences, we're missing out on so many amazing things in the world. We can learn so much from each other. And honestly, we need more unity than ever in the middle of our diversity. Another relationship fail is just addressed to the married people that are listening. Guys, we have each other and we can become very lazy in relationships because of that. As a couple, you automatically have this, hopefully, best friend. You live together, you spend all of your days together, that person is, you're always aware of where they're going to be and what they're doing and why they're doing it. And it's so easy to develop a friendship, which you should. It is the best friendship I've ever experienced in my life. I can fight with Steve and then love him in the same day. It's amazing. He never walks out. He's always there. But it is not fair to expect one person to be all the things you need in friendship. I've watched so many couples struggle because they expect the spouse to be everything, to be a spouse, to also be their support system, to be the person who entertains them, to be the person who comforts them and sits with them through the tough things. And listen, we all play that role for each other, but you can't be expected to do it and be the only person that provides those things. One of the things that you'll see happen is you start to experience loneliness in your marriage. And that's a hard place to be because you want that person to be your everything and they just will never be able to live up to that. As much as he tries, Steve cannot be my best girlfriend. He just can't relate to some of the things that I experience as a woman. And the same goes for I can't be one of the guys in the ways that I want to sometimes. He just sometimes needs a best friend. And finding yourself in that lonely place is so tough and it can turn to resentment. So if you are married, cultivate your friendship. It is the most precious thing that God gives us in this life. It's amazing. It's such a blessing, but it's not your only. God did not call us to only cling to each other and lock everyone else out. Ultimately, one of my favorite quotes that I've come across recently is from Albert Einstein. And I love that he says this. He says, I have no special gift. I am only passionately curious. The important thing is to not stop questioning. Imagination is more important than knowledge. I love that. 
when it comes to relationships, never assume that you have someone all figured out. I know even if you've known them for years, stay curious. There's always more to learn. And listen, God has wired us to need each other. We need family, friendship, acquaintances, even admiration from afar. We need mentors. We need to love and be loved. We are wired for it. Enjoying time alone is a sign of great emotional health, but long periods of loneliness are not good for anyone. Don't allow any of these relationship fails to circumvent the relationships that God has placed in your life. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some intentionality and lots of forgiveness, lots of patience, because as much as I need to give it, I need to ask for it as well. Take a few minutes today to think about these relationships in your life, especially if you have some that may be in a place of struggle. Are any of these things we talked about factors in potentially the struggle that you're going through? You will know the relationships worth investing in. Take the time, take an inventory, and do the work. It's worth it every time. See you soon.